Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cowboys, refugees, generals, governors, secretaries, and of course the president. A lot of people made a lot of comments this week that were showstoppers. And we have the best of the best. Did they really just say that moments for you? I'm Nancy Shack. I'm Ben Parker. This is Newsbite. We, our entire nation, saw horrifying images. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. Some of the initial descriptions of those images were just patently false. I worked very closely with the men and women of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. They are heroic. Your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. And I also recommended earlier in the fall of 2020 that we maintain 4,500 at that time. The president got, got, got cut out by his very own generals, mm. by his very own. If, uh, if anybody's been paying attention last week. To Why would we pay attention? The Afghanistan <laughs> hearings. Well, I think you're forced to pay attention because uh, you, you actually get paid. I don't have to, to pay attention. Like I, you half listen. Like, what's, 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 what's and then you then you have to tell the folks all about it. Well, I tell everybody I half listen. Listen, I didn't I didn't hear all of this, but you didn't need to. So, well, right. the, this all started when the president uh, tried to. I don't know how you'd put it. Tried to avoid uh, responsibility for the cluster bleep known as the Afghanistan withdrawal. Can I? And, and I know where you're going with this, and I and I, yeah. and, I and I agree with you, but. The president uh, yeah. obviously has a lot of people, right, who have his ear. Yeah. So, and I'm sure he gets various information about even Afghanistan, let's right? Let's not get ahead. I know. I just let's not get ahead. Let, let's just play this. And and I see the point you're going to make, and there would be there's a big space for you to make it. So first, let's start with uh, this was President Biden. This was uh, a, you know about a month ago. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why we're playing the cut today, you know, with all the other current cuts. He was with uh, Steph- George Stephanopoulos on ABC, and he said that no one told him uh, to leave some troops behind, which has been a big issue because mm-hmm. if Bagram Air-, Air Force Base had been fully manned, we wouldn't have had uh, the horrific issues that happened and the people that were left behind and all sorts of problems. Cut 30. Your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Okay. 
So that's the story that the president told the American people in order to say, listen, this wasn't just me making this decision. Everybody said it. Everybody said Mm -hmm. it. Nobody told me that I should do something different. Well, then, this week in front of Congress, the CENTCOM commander, General Ken McKenzie, had this to say, cut 30A. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. And I also recommended earlier in the fall of 2020 that we maintain 4,500 at that time. Those are my personal views. I also have a view that the withdrawal of those forces would lead inevitably to the collapse of the Afghan military forces and eventually the Afghan government. Okay, so that's one general. Then we go to Senator Tom Cotton, who asked General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, if he recommended troops stay, cut 30C. General Milley, it's your testimony that you recommended 2,500 troops uh, approximately stay in Afghanistan? Um, As I've said many times before this committee and other committees, I don't share my personal recommendations to the president, but I can tell you my personal opinion and my assessment if that's what you want. Yes, please. Um, Yes, my assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that. Uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. So then, okay, so that was, he's he's being cagey, but he's saying the same thing. And then Senator Inhofe specifically asked General McKenzie if these recommendations made it to the president. Cut 30B. This committee is unsure as to whether or not General Miller's uh, recommendation ever got to the president. Uh, you know, obviously there are conversations with the president yeah, but I would like to ask, even though uh, General McKenzie, I think you've all made this statement, did you talk to the president about General Miller's uh, recommendation? Sir, I was present when that discussion uh, occurred. Mm-hmm. And I'm confident that the president heard all the recommendations and listened to them very thoughtfully. Is there, by the way, is there a General Miller or is that supposed to be Millie? It's supposed to be Millie. All right. I just, I, there I, is I, no General I'm trying I, to I clear the, the air question. for everybody. Yes, I had okay. the exact same question. Right. So then one more on this, on this line, and that is uh, Senator Mike Rounds from South Dakota put it to General McKenzie. Did both this president, President Biden, and the previous president, President Trump, get this information? Did both get the same information? Cut 30E. And my view is that 2,500 was an appropriate number to remain, and that if we went below that number, in fact, we would probably witness a collapse of the Afghan government and, uh, and the Afghan military. So, General, General McKenzie, may I, may I just, the, I guess my question is, would it be fair for the committee to assume that both President Trump and President Biden received that specific information? I believe it would be uh, reasonable for the committee to assume that. So, okay, so we have basically the Pentagon saying, uh, no, that is incorrect what the president said. So we are left with a choice. Either the president is a liar, liar, pants on fire, or he doesn't remember what information he got. Either way, we have an issue. No, I didn't see his pants on fire. So I'm I, I, I just trying to, you know, you, you try to, you try to narrow things down and say, well, are his pants on fire? No. Well, right, we've got to go a different direction then. So, and but the, here's the here's the other thing about those hearings. Not only was the president completely contradicted about the advice to leave troops behind, which was the crux of the entire reason why the Afghanistan withdrawal was so bad. There were a couple of other moments too, not as egregious, but still pretty bad. Uh, first of all, uh, the president told us on September first that uh, the war was over, um, and in Afghanistan, cut 32A. Last night in Kabul. The United States ended 
20 years of war in Afghanistan, the longest war in American history. And then uh, President Biden also said that, don't worry about it, we can still fight terrorism there because we have over-the-horizon capabilities. Cut 32D. We conduct effective counterterrorism missions against terrorist groups in multiple countries where we don't have permanent military presence. If necessary, we'll do the same in Afghanistan. We've developed counterterrorism over-the-horizon capability that will allow us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on the direct threats to the United States and the region and act quickly and decisively if needed. Okay, that sounds reasonable, right? With the war is over, we can still fight terrorism, we're in good shape, except here's the thing. Both General Milley and General McKenzie, when they were speaking with Senator Dan Sullivan of Arkansas, said, A, the war on terrorism is not over. McKenzie added, the war in Afghanistan is not over. And no, bringing bring us out of there has made it harder to fight terrorism. The drones are not as effective as the president is making them out to be. Cut 32. Is, is the war on terror over, General Milley? Absolutely not. Uh, General McKenzie? The war in terror is not over, and the war in Afghanistan is not over either. Has the exit from Afghanistan made the war more challenging for us or less challenging with respect to continuing to try and protect the homeland and U.S. interests abroad? Senator, just made it more challenging. General Mill, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. By the way. The president has not been straight with us. By the way, I don't know what the reason is. Now I have two. By the ways, yes. First, by the way, uh, back to your original uh, liar, liar, pants on fire thing. Mm. It it really would be kind of fun if when people told mistruths, their pants did catch on fire. I I would pay to see that. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I'd be on board. with That's that. just me. You know, yeah. uh, maybe just smoke for like a small lie, but like full okay. blown fire. If they, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, my other, by the way, is the war on terror, which. which this is, and I'm not. This is not to say anything bad about the the generals. Just in general, in general, <clears throat> yeah, the, yes. the war on terror will never be over, right? I mean, we would have to basically eliminate every single terrorist that exists on the planet uh, at home and abroad. So the war on terror kind of is. It will be an ongoing battle forever, even if it becomes, I don't know, less difficult. I mean, there's always going to be people who want to commit terrorist acts, right? Yeah. I mean, theoretically. Yeah. I mean, there were 100 years ago, there were yesterday, and there will be in 100 years, I would mm-hmm. think. So the question, is the war on terror over? Uh, it, the answer to that probably is always going to be no. I mean, in my mind. And, and of course, the generals said that. So Yes, they did. All right. Anyway. Okay. That's just me talking. I, I think you talk for a lot of people. I think a lot of people we talk for too many people. Yeah, the, I we think a lot shut of people, up once in a while. I think a lot of people share your opinion. All right. So anyway, that was to me one of the more shocking uh, moments of things that I heard this past week. There was another group of things that a completely different topic, really, that I found flabbergasting. And that had to do with the cowboys and the Haitians on our southern border. This was uh, Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas on September 24th. He's discussing in this cut, everybody's seen the images of uh, border patrol, a mounted border patrol with long reins because they're riding western. Um, and it looked like when pictures were released of those, of that border patrol group, that they were whipping Haitian refugees who were trying to cross the border with their reins. And a lot was made of that. Uh, the president came out and said this about it. Cut one, please. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault 
on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. Well, okay. So that was that was the president. And the other members of his administration followed suit. No investigation had been done. They all jumped on board with, this is horrific. This is uh, rem- reminiscent of slavery. Cut 7B. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is in my orcus. In the midst of meeting these challenges, we, our entire nation, saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are, who we aspire to be, or the integrity and values of our truly heroic personnel in the Department of Homeland Security. The investigation into what occurred has not yet concluded. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. Well, it turns out that those pictures were not uh, all they were all they were portrayed to be by the people who wanted to vilify the Border Patrol. What they were uh, were reins being used to hold the horses. And even the photographer who took the picture said, that's not what happened. Nobody was whipping Haitian refugees with whips or with with uh, reins, for that matter. Is that where the phrase, hold your horses, comes from? It does. Okay. Actually, it does. Okay. And then uh, it was so it was such an egregious misinterpretation of the images that came out that even uh, cable, pro-Biden administration cable, uh, called them on it, saying you have misrepresented. This is Jake Tapper on CNN, and listen what he had to say about the photos and how the administration responded to them. Cut nine. Some of the initial descriptions of those images were just patently false. There's now video out there that provides more context. Uh, having seen the video, uh, are you certain that there was actually wrongdoing? I am going to let those investigators make that determination. And then that determination will drive the outcome of the investigation. Uh, but so he can't quite come out and say we were wrong. So Jake Tapper tries again. Cut 9A. Can the Border Patrol count on you and President Biden, who has said the people will pay, uh, to come to an, uh, a determination based on the facts and, and not based on Twitter outrage? They sure can. And let me say uh, something about that, Jake, because I've worked very closely with the men and women of U.S. Customs and Border Protection for many years, many, many years. And they are heroic what they do. And I saw their heroism displayed in Del Rio, Texas last Monday when I was there on the ground. So they've gone from racist to heroes now. 
Um, but they were very quick to to jump on and put a bad interpretation on. And I think a, a lot of that is because they're trying to drum up support for the fact that they are releasing a lot of Haitian immigrants into the country. We finally got an answer to, to or the administration finally put a number that they would admit to being released into uh, into the country. Chris Wallace had uh, Secretary Mayorkas on um, over the weekend, and he tried very hard to get an answer. He had to ask multiple times, but finally Mayorkas answered his question. Cut to A. To answer my question directly, of the 17,400 that weren't deported back or didn't return on their own to Mexico, how many of them either, ha well, first, how many have been released into the U.S.? Uh, they're released on conditions, yes. and, and uh, approximately, I think it's about 10,000 or so, 12,000. Have been released? Yes. And of the 5,000 that are still in process? We will uh, make determinations whether they will be uh, returned uh, to uh, Haiti uh, based on our public health and public interest uh, authorities. And then, but apparently Chris Wallace could not necessarily trust the numbers that Mayorkas was giving him. So he asked him, could it be higher? Cut to B. Are we talking about a total of 12,000 or could it be even higher? It could, uh, it could be even higher. The number that are returned could be even higher. What we do is we follow the law as Congress has passed it. So this makes me think, can you trust this administration and anything they say? They weave, they bob, it has me concerned, Benjamin. I have I have a question yeah. that I would ask uh, Mayorkas or anyone involved in this. Um, and, and clearly, I, we, we don't go over all the cuts that you have, so maybe you have something about this later. But here, here's my question. We are well aware of the, the Guatemalans and El Salvadorans and the Mexicans who come up to our border, right? They, they walk, right? They, or they ride or they take a horse or the buggy or whatever they do. It doesn't matter how they get here. Pretty easy. If you're from Haiti, if you're from Germany, if you're from Poland, if you're from Russia, if you're from China, and you're at the southern U.S. border in Mexico, has anyone asked the question, how the hell did they get there? I yeah, mean, because they came through Peru. How did they get to Peru? George Soros. Uh, okay, see, these are questions that I would want to know the yes. answer to and hold someone accountable because we aren't, we aren't talking, uh, I don't want to get deep into the immigration problem, yeah. but we're not talking about people who just walked to our border. No. And so, like Cana Canadians could do that, right? Exactly right. And so could- or uh, Mexicans can or, do that. Right. Yeah. And, and we've seen- But Haitians, not so much. We've seen Cubans try to sail across to, you know, to Florida, yeah. which has happened. But, but anybody who needs to get from another continent- to this continent, being to funded. the Mexican border. Well, that's, I think, and I think that's a huge question that it's isn't asked. It's a massive question. It's massive, and it's being ignored. They're being funded. They're they're getting to. They're being funded into Central America and in, in the northern part of South America, and basically uh, put into caravans to walk in because it makes you know they can't fly. So, them in. so, so are they coming to uh, this continent uh, or the or South America yeah. continent? Um, Via boat, plane. Uh, I have no idea. Boat, I just boat, know it's being funded. Ship. They're being uh, they're being taken most likely by plane mm -hmm. um, into uh, Central South America, and then they're walking in. By the way, yeah, not for nothing. But uh, walking from South America to the Mexican uh, U.S. border is a hell of a hike. It is. Just saying. It is indeed. That's All why right. they form the caravans, and that's the big press thing: the caravan of the people. There's another caravan coming, by the way. Because it's very hard to. I, I've never tried to do this, but I know it, it's got to be really hard to walk from Haiti to the Mexican U.S. border. I, I suspect you're correct. I, 
I think unless you're watching, you know, Twilight, in which case vampires can actually walk under the oceans, that's the only time I've actually seen it done. Gonna, other than that, I get some flack. No. For, I'm going to get some flack for this, but the only the only person I know who could do that is is Jesus. Indeed, right? Indeed, and he walks above. The vampires walk below. That's how it works. That's how it works. I just ask questions because I have them. I don't but know. this is all, in my opinion, this is part of the reason why the president's poll numbers are are just in uh, they below ground at this point, uh, because the transparency of this administration is non-existent and they keep making misrepresentations. And it did not help this past week when President Biden took a swipe at the American press. There was, he was sitting in a meeting with the Prime Minister of India. And what happened was, you know, the press is coming in and the president told the the Prime Minister of India, don't ask for press questions. You can't trust the American press. Don't answer their questions. Cut 50, please. I think what we're going to do is bring in the press. The Indian press is much better behaved than the American press. i got to watch out, they'll knock one another down. And uh, I think, with your permission, we should not answer questions because they won't ask any questions on point. So they won't ask any questions on point. So he's instructing the prime minister of India not to talk to the press. First of all, who the hell is he to tell a prime minister that he can and can't do something? One. And two, uh, he took a swipe at the American press. They're not well behaved because they don't do what he says. Now, Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, was asked about this during um, during the White House presser later on that day. Cut 51. And just one more. As, as he sat down with Prime Minister Modi last week, the president said that the Indian press is better behaved than the U.S. press, and then he advised him not to take questions. Why the American president was criticizing U.S. reporters in that setting? Well, I would note first that he took questions on Friday, and he took questions again today. And I think what he said is that they're not always on point. Now, I know that isn't uh, something that anyone wants to hear uh, in here, um, but what I think he was conveying is, you know, today he might want to talk about COVID vaccines. Some of the questions are about that. He might want to talk about, um, and, and some of the questions are not always about the topic he's talking about in that day. I don't think it was meant to be a hard cut at the members of the media, people he's taken questions from today and, and on Friday as well. Oh, I think it was. And to be honest with you, it's the president's job to answer whatever questions are put to him. It is not his choice as to what he will and will not answer, to be honest with you. It's the American people's choice of what he will and will not answer. And, 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 and by the way, and this applies to any president, not just Biden, but uh, yeah. in this particular case, Jen Psaki and, and, and the Biden administration, um, the press secretary's job is to spin things to make the administration look as good as they can. So, yeah. And Jen Psaki's good at that. She's very good at that. And, 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 it's too and, bad she has to lie through, her, through her, her teeth to make it happen. But she does. She does a very good job at it. So Stay on point. Okay. Back to point. So <laughs> I, can't tr- I can't trust you to run this show you anymore. You can't. No. No, I'm sorry. Um, so on our way out here, I just want to play for you. The New York governor, the new, the new governor, Hochul, um, made some astonishing statements in regard to vaccine mandates. You know, there's a bit, New York is a mess, and they're bringing in the National Guard to help in the hospitals. But Governor Hochul made a very astonishing statement. Um, she basically told everybody that the vaccine is a gift from God, and if you're not listening, if you're unvaxxed, you're not listening to God. Apparently, you're godless. Cut 49A. We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. 
and I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you, yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. I don't know about you, Benjamin, but mm. I believe the New York governor just compared herself to Jesus Christ with apostles. Uh, I find that very disturbing. I don't know about you. She's no Jesus. Nor does she deserve apostles. I mean, it's, and apparently she's saying, unvaxxed or godless. So you, ma'am, I know Jesus. There you go. Isn't and a, she's comparing herself to, to, you know, the Savior and saying that she requires apostles to go out and apparently beat the crap out of people who are unvaccinated. That's in the, there's a book about that in the Bible. I, Beating you, the crap just, out of people? Yeah, you haven't read it. Yeah. I haven't. I got to. I got to go back and look at some more. Um, I don't know what everybody else out there thinks about the New York governor, but I was appalled. It's called the Book of Brass Knuckles. <laughs> it's it's a very a very um, unread book. It's it's it's. I it, want it. Yeah, it's very. I want this there, book. There's pieces missing. You have to kind of put it together. You know, it's one of those ones that where you know it got it got damaged uh, over the centuries, and so yeah. you have to put it together, and then you have to assume different things. But yeah, the uh, uh, the brass knuckle book of brass knuckles. Cool. You should read that. Well, Beat I, the crap out if of If anybody has a copy of it, could they please send it to me? You can contact me, and you can c- contact Benjamin, too, at uh, at Twitter at Newsbyte3, N-E-W-S-B-Y-T-E-3, or on Facebook at Newsbyte. Um, I would really love to read this book. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we upload a new episode every Monday, so please check back next Monday and see what new offerings we have. Have a wonderful week. I'm Nancy Shack. I'm Ben Parker. This is Newsbyte. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.